Hello and welcome to another episode of The Advantage. I'm your host, Michael Fiddle. Today is Thursday, August 24th, and we're talking 10 fantasy names with KFC. A little bit of love, a little bit of hate, a little bit of can't figure out and need to talk about. Let's go! All right, welcome in, everybody. Like I said, today's another fantasy football-based podcast. But before I get into this stuff and before I introduce our guest, I'd like to take a few minutes to do the housekeeping stuff that I always forget to do and remind you guys to sign up for the Fiddle Picks Substack. I released a newsletter that is covering a lot of gambling stuff. Three emails are going to be coming every single week during the NFL season. On Mondays, you will get the first bet of the week and access to a weekly giveaway. On Wednesdays, you will get a market review and the bets that I've placed thus far. And on Saturday or Sunday, you will get the final betting card, which will have all of my bets for that week. It will be some very high-level, valuable gambling content. So if you like the podcast, if you like the stuff that I put out there, I highly recommend you sign up for the Fiddlepick Substack. I have tweeted the link uh, it is linked in my bio. You could search Fiddle Picks on Substack, or you can go to my Twitter, the at Fiddles Picks Twitter, and click the link in my bio. I've always wanted to say link in bio, and now I finally can. The second point of housekeeping is that I apologized last episode for my microphone being horrible, and I said I was going to figure it out. And I've spent a good two hours tinkering with, or we could say fiddling with, the podcast and the settings on the microphone. And I cannot figure this out. And I'd come to realize that I don't think it's my fault. I think, well, it might be my fault. I think I bought a shitty mic and I think I need to go return this and just switch it out for some material. So don't always trust the price tag that you see, because even though I paid a pretty penny, uh, I got a shitty microphone that was worse than my scrappy $30 kit off Amazon. So I will return this and try and make it better for my next pod, but I do promise that this pod is going to be great and loaded with awesome content because I am joined by a good friend of mine. His name is Zach Fried. He's making his first appearance ever on The Advantage and happy to have him here and to bring you guys behind the curtain. The reason why I can have Fried on is because we used to be in the same fantasy league and we no longer are. I know this guy knows his shit like the back of his hand, and I could actually talk some fantasy to him, and it's actually going to help me and help you guys to ha- to hear us talk through some things before we get to the season because he's no longer my direct competition. So we get to peel it back and bring on Zach Freed, and the reason why it's KFC is because every year he was in our league. His name is his last name is Freed, spelled same as fried, and he was fried chicken in our league. So KFC, Zach, welcome to the pod. Thank you for the time. How you doing tonight? Hello, hello. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. First of all, definitely check out the Substack. I can I can vouch it is legit. It is really cool and is well worth your time. And I'm good. I'm doing well. How you doing? Phil? Good man. So I gave you the assignment. We'll just jump right into it. I know me and you could talk for hours about a ton of other stuff, but I gave you yeah. the assignment today, Freed, of saying a little bit of love, a little bit of hate, and something you can't figure out. I told you, let's come up with a list of five players. Let's go through the major positions in fantasy. So one quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver, one tight end, and someone who's generally considered a flex that you, that would be like a good flex option to have, probably like an eighth or ninth round type draft target, or even later if you're in an auction, or you know, depending on how you're divvying up your draft capital. But either way, we're going to run through that, come up with two players we love, two players we hate, 
and one we each can't figure out. And then I got some names from the audience. So we will go through some of the lists that you guys sent in and we will give some quick hitter reactions, love, hate, can't figure out, and we will discuss them in depth if we need to. Uh, Zach, where should we start off? Should we just start off at the top with QBs? You want to start off with something we love? Should we start off with something negative? Should we start off with yeah. a discussion we can't figure out? You, you tell me where we're starting. I think I think you know I think there's a lot of ways we can go. I don't think there's a, there's a good or a bad or right or wrong way to go. I think we can just start maybe QBs and and run down like running back, wide receiver, like kind of like the order of the uh, you know the draft uh, roster as as you as you draft. Maybe maybe we can do it that way. Yeah. So the way you see it on your screen, if you're like in the Yahoo interface, we'll go we'll go quarterback, wide receivers, running backs, tight end, flex. Give us your QB. And then let me guess if it's a love or a hate. I, I like that. Perfect. By the way, for the audience, I do not, if not self-explanatory by me guessing, I specifically told Zach, don't tell me who's coming at me because I wanted this to be my natural reaction. So let's have it. Here it is. The quarterback that you chose is? Lamar Jackson. I'm going to go love. And Why? He's shaking his head yes for everyone who's listening to the podcast and doesn't see this on, on, on video. Uh, why? I'm going to let you explain it. Take it away. I, you know, I had Lamar uh, two years, was it three years ago now? Um, I think he has the potential to put in like top five QB numbers. I think his running ability, I think he's still the, one of the top three biggest threats on the ground. I think his passing. Is getting better. I think the I think they have a better uh, receiving core. The, the the Ravens. I think that'll be a big help. Um, I, you know, I think that with the contract, I don't think you give a guy that kind of contract if you're not going to build a team around him. You know, even even more so than it's already been. It seems like the Ravens have already kind of, you know, assembled the team around him. And I think just even more so, they they just they just decided we're all in. You know, I don't think that was an easy easy decision. You know, with with that type of quarterback, but I. I just think they're so all in. I think the Ravens are all in. I mean, maybe I'm a little too high on some Ravens, but I do think that this is a really uh, good year for the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. I, I would, I would be, I would be, I would be high on him. So let me respond to your love. Let me add in some reasons why I would agree here. I would also love Lamar Jackson, and then I'll ask you a few more questions. But yeah, Todd, Todd Monken, the new offensive coordinator coordinator that they brought into this offense is known for throwing the ball an absolute ton and he's known for a very up-tempo high-paced offense and more of a spread offense they switched from this Greg Roman scheme which is that like two tight end a lot of 12 personnel a lot of two running backs and option plays with Lamar they're going to try and spread the field out and give this man space to work with to work off Zach's point where he's getting better as a passer if you look at some of the like advanced PFF accuracy numbers Lamar Jackson is absolutely near the top of everything from the accuracy standpoint for anyone who says he can't really throw they don't know football they have they aren't watching the games from Zach saying the receiving core is getting better they add Odell Beckham they get Rashad Bateman healthy everyone and their mom loves Zay Flowers this offseason he's the buzziest bee in camp so I would I would second all of this in the gambling market we also know they play in a pretty tough division so they're going to be forced to score some points when they go against the Bengals when they play other AFC teams they're going to need to you know step up and have Lamar be controlling the ball and having spending a lot of time on offense that's the way the Ravens get it done this year the sharps are all over them from a gambling perspective there's people that I really really trust in this space and I've shouted their names out quite a few times on this podcast who are absolutely all over the Ravens in a gambling market. I have not placed any futures bets in that division, but let me reiterate someone that I really trust and value their opinion is very heavy on the Ravens this year. So that would be my uh, reiteration or my response to you, Zach. I completely agree. He has to be on the love list. Let's just go into a little bit of question. Is he a love regardless of the draft position? Because he seems to be drafted as like, the fifth quarterback off the board after Burrow. So it seems to be the top three of Allen, Mahomes, Hurts in whatever order. And then Burrow, and then it becomes Lamar or Fields or Herbert. You're saying you're taking Lamar above that Herbert Fields group, and you're okay even taking him like as the quarterback right after Burrow? 
Yeah, definitely after Burrow. I, I mean, again, I, I think I'm a little maybe biased on Burrow. I don't know what it is, but going back to LSU. So for me, Burrow, I think he might be the number one. I mean, he might be one or two overall. So I, I don't know if that's necessarily the best uh, comparison. I think, I think, yeah, I would say top five or six. I mean, yeah, I guess you got Burrow, you got Allen, you got Mahomes. I would put I would put him maybe four, yeah, four or five. I would put him definitely the top five. Yeah, I, I I do. I think he's right there. I think the potential. I think he's put up, you know, top five QB numbers, and I think yeah, again, he's only he's be put in a, up in a good not only top five QB numbers, he's put up the best fantasy quarterback in the history of fantasy quarterback seasons. So we know so, yeah, he like, certainly can do it. We know the situation is set up for a prime year, and I think that now that I talk it out, and I hadn't thought this. Prior, obviously, I didn't even know Lamar Jackson was going to be on the list. But now that I'm thinking about it, Freed, I'm, I'm like, Lamar Jackson is the last of the sure thing safest quarterbacks. Like, there's some yeah, questions well with Herbert where right. last year he ended as the QB 15 because he took a rib shot in week two and was never the same. There's a chance right. that Justin Fields isn't ripping off these 60, 70 rushing yards and, and touchdowns. Lamar is the last of the top four plus one who's an absolute lock to be a top six at his position. And you're drafting him at relative ADP and price to what you're expecting, but you can expect it without the risk mitigation that so much of fantasy football is. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. I think that's, I think you just, you just nailed it on the head. That's what I was trying to say. Basically. I think he, he's a sure thing as much as Burrow, as as Mahomes. Glad we worked there. That's why I'm good at this podcasting thing. Right. All right, so let no. <laughs> me respond to you and give you my quarterback. It's Derek Carr of the New Orleans Saints. You want to guess if it's a love or a hate? I, I think it's going to be a hate. Really? I'm actually going love. So so I, I don't think I would pull someone who's probably going undrafted and say I still hate them because then like no one's drafting them anyways. Derek True. Carr is the name <laughs> that I think is going to be like the most streamed quarterback on bye weeks the most plug and play like Jared Goff was last season with the upside of being the possible like weekly starter if you're in like a quarterback crunch like he might be a top 10 quarterback in the same era that like Dak Prescott is getting drafted in in the props market his over 22 and a half touchdowns is by far my favorite bet for season long props and you know how much I hate season long overs if anyone is listening to this podcast who's seen my futures portfolio which is included on my Substack, you make you you realize that I'm all over the Saints I'm all over Derek Carr, and the reason is not only because he's actually really good at football, it's because they have by far the easiest schedule in the NFL. They don't play a single hard game. Freed, I just want to read off some of the some of the Saints' schedule to you. You ready for this yeah. joke? You ready? You start, you, you're gonna, yeah, your, yeah. Ab, your abs are going to be hurting from laughing so much at this joke of a schedule. <laughs> They play the Titans, the Panthers, the Packers, the Buccaneers, the Patriots, the Texans, the Jaguars, the Colts, the Bears, the Vikings, the Falcons, the Lions, the Panthers, the Giants, the Rams, the Buccaneers, and the Falcons again. Did I mention any Chiefs, Bills, Eagles, Cowboys, Chargers, Broncos, like Uh, Did I 49ers like pick your team that you think is going to be good this year? They ain't on the 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 same schedule. I think Derek Carr is really going to have a chance with Olave, with Michael Thomas healthy, with, you know, Juwan Johnson, who I might talk about later on this podcast. Uh, I am all in on Derek Carr gambling perspective. And if you're in a two QB league, if you're in a super flex type of league, then I absolutely love the idea of not necessarily having to go quarterback, quarterback in the first two rounds and being able to say, actually, I'm totally okay with Derek Carr because I think he's going to have a Dak Prescott, Trevor Lawrence type of performance this year. I'd have no shock if Carr beats, you know, Geno, Goff, Danny Dimes, all these players that are being drafted ahead of him. So I'm all over the love column with my guy, DC. I didn't, Realize their strength of schedule. So that's a huge factor, obviously. I mean, that that in itself, you know, I think bumps him up a certain level. I, I, you know, I, I think in my mind, he's 
sort of in the category of like Dan, what are you saying? Like Danny Dimes? Like I, I don't know what he'll be, but I think we also don't know what the Saints will be. I think that also will determine a lot. I, I think he's a huge question mark. Definitely one of the biggest. Um, I like him. I mean, I was always a big like 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 car fan. Like the past few years with, with the Raiders, I just I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of uncertainty. I mean, that's. Again, I think there's a lot of risk, but we, I don't know. I think there's a lot of factors we don't know, but I think he's in a situation that's definitely um, beneficial. Again, with with with, Sh- with uh, Sean Payton out, it's not even – I mean, are they even the same type of offense? Like, the, are they up-tempo? I guess we don't even know that. So that's one factor in terms of, like – I think with him, there's just so many question marks. He's sort of like also like Jimmy Garoppolo. It's like a situation where it's like, you know, there, there's so much – there's so much potential but so much uncertainty – that could be that could be you know the pick of the draft. That could also be in my mind you know that could be somewhere that you know you could have you could have missed out a bit. So that's that. Okay, you cut a, you cut out a little bit at the end, but I actually think the comparison to Jimmy G is absolutely perfect, Freed, because that's actually another player that I was thinking is in the same exact vein where he could be a really consistent like 18 type of points a week type of quarterback that as a right. two QB or as a bi-week streamer or in a plus matchup against a horrible defense or in division against the Chiefs, you know they're going to have two games where they're going to have to throw the ton and put up points. In division against mm-hmm. the Chargers where they're going to have to throw and put up points. Like Jimmy G could very well end up being exactly what I'm talking about with Derek Carr. Let's move on. Let's go down one position group to the wide receivers. Who'd you choose? Yep. Let's go with, I know this is obvious, but Tyreek Hill. Are you going to, are you going to tell me why you love, you're going to tell me why you hate Tyreek Hill. And I'm going to say that's blasphemous. You want me to start? Why I hate Tyreek Hill. I don't, I, I personally think two is going to get concussed and be out very quickly this year. And I yeah. think, I think, I think that, I think Miami, the hype of Miami is going to kind of fall by the wayside pretty quickly. I mean, that could be a really bad prediction, but I just, I think Tua has not shown enough to stay healthy, and they're really riding on Tua for their for their for them to have a good season. Like like they don't have a backup plan. You know, I don't know. I, I don't think they're like as well established like the Niners or like the Chiefs. Were like if Mahomes went down, I don't know. Their backup who's their backup even more? Like I feel like they could still make a good run with him. Even even you know even certain teams. I don't know. I don't get that same sense. So that's. I guess that's my initial impression there. <laughs> Tyreek is going like fifth or sixth, like first round. Fifth or sixth, oh, it, like your whole like team. It's, your, yeah, it's your very, whole team is riding on him, and and that's tough. I don't know. In my mind, like let me play. Let me play a little devil's advocate. There's ways I go both ways on this one. Tyreek is such a freak, and he's actually stayed incredibly healthy. He's missed one game total over the last three seasons combined. So to his credit, when you're drafting someone in the first round, you want a sure thing if this guy's going to be on the field to produce. And he probably yeah, is wise. that because he just he just outspeeds everybody and somehow hasn't hurt his hamstring at all ever. The flip side where where I am concerned is the draft capital is incredibly high. Like if he's the receiver right off the board after Jamar Chase, there's other receivers in the digs, the CD Lambs, the Devontes that I feel just as comfortable with. And I'd just rather be com- right. later in the first, which I think you're having like an ADP conversation. I know you're not saying you hate Tyreek Hill because you literally didn't even put those words out of your mouth. So I don't want to hmm. put them there for you. But I understand the sentiment. And then we have to add in that the the, the two of things, sure, I mean – Shout out Arno, your dad's a brain surgeon, so you would know better than <laughs> than most people who hop on a podcast and say he's going to get concussed again. Um, but I also want to point out that their left tackle just got hurt, and he's like one of the best offensive linemen in the NFL. He's a focal point for their for what they're doing, and if he's not going to be able to protect to his to his a lefty, so that's actually not the blind side. Uh, if 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 he's actually protecting to his strong side. That left tackle, you're going against the best defensive ends and the premier pass rushers. If you're in a backup position, then Tyreek having the amount of downfield time to get to that spot where he's actually two has time to throw the ball that far and complete it. If you're having a left tackle who's constantly bringing pressure, then inherently Tyreek's what they call a dot average depth of target is going to go down. And then his production and possible fantasy points, those boom plays, 
are going to be lessened. He's going to have to break them himself instead of like a defensive lapse coverage, which is so often how he breaks his plays. I still think he's amazing. Uh, I personally would still take him ahead of Cooper Cup because of the injury concerns to Cup versus the injury concerns to Tyreek. I'd probably still take him over Travis Kelsey, but I do put Tyreek behind like some of the top tier running backs, some of the main guys that are uh, that are on in that first round that I feel a little bit safer with. And if you get stuck with the fifth or sixth round, like fifth or sixth pick in that spot, you kind of maybe have to do it, but. I agree. It's it's more of a that's why it's more of a feeling of that's why you should be in an auction. So you don't just are given the sixth pick. You can choose where to spend your money. If you are given the sixth or seventh pick and you're choosing between like Tyreek and Cup and Kelsey, yeah, maybe. Or or you just deviate and go like Saquon or Bijan, some high upside running back, and then wait for the swing of uh, Devante or Garrett Wilson or Amon Ra and this AJ Brown in the second round. No, and that- all of those guys have the ability to be with Tyreek is. No, that's a good point. I feel like, yeah, I feel like in the draft uh, auction distinction is a big is a big factor in that sense. I mean, it, with certain players, you know what I mean. I feel like it's like Tyreek and, and certain guys like that. I mean, if you're gonna ba- if you're gonna spend all your money, in, you know, an auction, it's one thing. But again, if you're gonna draft and take that risk, I don't know. I mean, it, again, that factors in. But I feel like he's one of those guys that it's like it's not. He could be a sure thing in my mind. I don't know if that's a sure thing. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm off on him. But I just feel like. Uh, He's one of those tough ones. Again, yes, Saquon is in that category. Um, And I feel like there's certain guys right around the, like, 9th, 10th, 11th pick that really gets, like, you know, kind of tricky. Yep. You might be stuck where a point we have to take him, but you also – there might be some better options who are just as safe a few picks later. I'm going to go with actually a receiver who's even higher on the board right now. And I'll just come right out with it. The only reason why I'm bringing up this name is to go counter to the current narrative, Freed. I'm yeah. anti-Justin Jefferson this year. Oh, me too. Me too. Yeah, really? All right. You want to <laughs> tell me why first? You, you start this off. I I think this – I mean, again, I think this also ties back to the Derek Carr debate. I think Derek Carr is in a similar situation as, like, Kirk Cousins. Like, may, yes, maybe on paper, that's a great one. Yes. Maybe appealing on paper, but, like, I think when push comes to shove, like, I wouldn't rely on him. I think Justin Jefferson will have his weeks. I, I wouldn't say that it's like, you know, Michael Thomas and Drew Brees two years ago where it's like, okay, that's a sure thing. We're like, yeah, Michael Thomas, you were taking obviously with like whatever. It was a top three pick automatic. If you're going like, I mean, there's, I mean, I haven't done a draft yet, but it appears like, like Justin Jefferson is a top three pick in every, every single draft. Every single, he's you either one or two in every draft. I just, I don't know. Kirk Cousins, I'm not positive in the same way. Like Derek Carr, I'm not positive. Uh, you know, Danny Dimes, I'm not positive. It's hard to pick a receiver that they're playing with to be positive about. So in my mind, that's it kind of ties back to that. I think the QB okay. play, I think, so would th- be. That's exactly why I would personally fade Cup. That's a reason why I'm – because I don't trust Matt Stafford in the same elk. It's a, it's a reason why I completely agree on the Kirk Cousins thing. Personally, I've always been impressed by Kirk Cousins. But if you hear what his coach says about him and the lack of commitment the Vikings coach has ever given to Kirk Cousins and the way that the Vikings are currently building their roster and their the way they're handling their salary cap and free agents, they are angling for this to potentially be a wash year. If they start out two and four, two and six, whatever, three and seven, they they might not like really play Kirk down the stretch considering how strong of a quarterback class is coming in next year versus how young the rest of the team is versus the fact that they're going to need to make Justin Jefferson the highest paid wide receiver ever very soon. So if you start to bring in that rookie quarterback contract, you then open up the floodgates to spend elsewhere on the position players and build around the guy the actual coach chose to be the quarterback for his system. Remember that this coach came in when Kirk Cousins was already the established QB there for a few years. We saw them get rid of Dalvin. They're starting Madison now. They got rid of Thielen. They're starting KJ Osborne or or Addison. They just have less weapons. This team is going to convert less first downs. They're going to spend less time on the field. They ended last season, Freed, 
13 and four, the Vikings, but they had a negative point differential. They were outscored by their opponents despite going 13 and four because they got absolutely blown out in some games. And then the games that they won was a one score win, a, a one point last second field goal. A lot of luck went their way that I don't think you can count on happening this season. They lost Zadarius on the defense. I just think this team is going heavily the other direction. Uh, from a gambling perspective, it was actually one of the first bets I put in last year was Vikings to win the next year's Super Bowl. I've gained closing line value, something I often talk about on this podcast. The odds are shorter now than when I get them. So in theory, you would think, oh, that's a good bet. You beat the line. In reality, to the way I feel about it, I fucking hate it. I wish I never made that bet. Like I wouldn't still advise following the bet at the current odds. Or if you could even find the odds that I got on it, I still wouldn't like it. You know, so uh, I would be avoiding all Vikings this year. And that's why at given the draft position of 1.01 or 1.02, uh, if I have the second pick, I'm really hoping McCaffrey falls to me. And with, with that being said, I mean, uh, you know, I guess without revealing, you know, if we ever play fantasy again, I don't want to give you away my, my overarching strategy, but I guess I, I realized, you know, as the years went on that like, however, the, 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 the team being good is a, is, is a major factor. Like, if if you're on like the you know the the Niners later in the year you're gonna be in big games. Greg Kittle is only gonna get better. He's only gonna get like huge points on those weeks that matter, and those are the weeks that win you the league. You know what I mean? Like you can coast by, but like again, I don't think the Vikings are gonna be good. And I just I've navigated towards you know players that are on like better situations than like just like a randomly good player on like a shitty team. You know, I guess that's that's what I'm trying to say. Talk to me. Talk to me in the eighth round is when I'm considering like a guy that's on this year's Buccaneers. Like I'll take a Rashad White type of guy in the eighth round as an upside swing as he's not a dependent cornerstone piece. And if he hits, if he ends up being a, a young guy in a bad situation that they just need to give touches to to keep the I clock feel like going, it's usually not like yeah. It's not the pre, it's not where you want to spend up for a premier guy. So I think right. like let me ask you, while we're on that topic, does that make you like a little bit scared of a Devontae Adams this year? Does that make you a little scared of a Derrick Henry this year? Because yeah. like the Raiders and the, and the Titans, Titans have the worst O-line and they're not expected to win their division for the first time in a while. The the I, mean, I think the Jaguars actually won it, but the Titans still had a play-in spot at the end of the season. Um, the, the Who was the other one that I said? Devontae. The Raiders are... Kind of an absolute stinky situation. Everything smells fishy right. right there this summer. So uh, are you hesitant on those two? If you were like, if you were drafting at the end of the first round, you're not like stacking Devontae and Derrick Henry. Yeah, no. If there's any hesitancy about the team itself, that's usually the deciding factor for me. Like, like, yeah, like AJ I, Brown I, or Devontae Adams this year. AJ Brown or Devonte Adams. AJ Brown because I think I think that I'm not sure that the Titans are going to be hor- like I mean you say the line is but I don't know that for sure. I I, I, I like uh, I, I like Mike Vrabel. I think the Titans are like I've been in the running the last few years. Oh wait, AJ Brown's on uh, what is he on Philly now? Eagles now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eagles. I thought you were answering yeah, yeah, yeah. Derek. You were confusing oh, with Derek Henry. Yeah, yeah, my bad. All right. <laughs> well, he's AJ Brown. No, no, no. We'll, we'll do we'll do Derrick Henry next. AJ Brown or or Devontae Adams. AJ Brown, Devontae Adams. Yeah, I was thinking he was on Titans for a second. Whoa. Um I don't love again, I don't love um Jalen Hurts. So for me, that's kind of tough. I, I would probably go Adams. He's one of the few that I think you can be on a shit team. And, and still make it work. I think there's like, ex- again, there's exceptions to the rule. Generally, I, I would lean towards players on better teams. I just think as the year goes on, they have more incentive to play well, to play harder. I think if you're on a shit team, you just kind of give up at some point. Like maybe you'll get those those like 35-point weeks early on, like McCaffrey a few years ago. But like eventually it just fades out. And I don't think those are the teams that like win you the league, you know, the players that win you the league. Um, Let me I, give you I, I another think- one. Yeah. If you've it, let's I'm just trying to place Devonte Adams, right? I'm just trying to say if we're no, a little bit a lower on one. him than, than general. That's what I was trying is to... it is it then is it then just is he just below CD? Is it then like CD Lamb and then Devonte Adams and then AJ Brown is like where does Amon Ra fit in? Where does No, that's fair. Yeah, that's I'd, I'd say that's about accurate. And again, I don't I, 
You're naming you're naming QB situations that I don't love. I I, I don't love Dak again this year. I'm naming know, like, the like, guys C- that are being drafted right around Devontae. Right there. No, I know, and that's why it's tough. Like 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 CD two years ago I fucking loved, but this year I don't know. Dak, I think he got his money and is weirdly like not playing that hard. It's kind of super bizarre. turnover prone the last few years. I think he got. I think he just got his money, and he's just good. I don't. I don't think he like needs a Super Bowl. I don't know. I like. I, like. I'm not. I know. I'm saying a lot, but like, I, he hasn't played as hard since he got his his contract, <laughs> and I think that happens. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, that that could be. Um, yeah, I, I would say I would put uh, Devante over CD. Who was the other one? Oh, and then AJ. And then AJ third. I, I just think AJ. I had him. He gets hurt so easily that I I couldn't trust him. Yeah, I, w- okay, I would go about- Devontae Adams because of his just pure... He's still Devontae Adams. I want to still yeah, do he's this still for Devontae Derrick Adams. Henry because he's also in kind of a bad situation. You said you're not too down on the Titans, but like, how does Devontae Adams compare to a Tony Pollard type situation? Because I mean, I mean, who, how does Derrick Henry, sorry, how does Derrick Henry, now I'm the one screwing up the names, yeah, how yeah, does yeah. Derrick Henry compare to like a Tony Pollard where the Cowboys might be a great team, great defense, you know, better schedule, better O-line versus no, Henry. That, that's Titans a, might be shitty, but it's still right. fucking Derek fucking Henry. And we're right. talking about Tony Pollard's potential breakout year, potential first year getting a big workload. How do you make that decision? And where would you go? No, that's tough. I, I feel like those are those are two of the big, like, I feel like those two decisions are, are like the type of things that are going to like win or lose you not lose you, but that could win you your league because the Titans getting, could be in getting it the right. Titans, not, be only, not only Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill might not even start. Who did they? Didn't they just draft someone? They drafted Will Levis in the second round, who they were linked to all offseason. And yes, that is a little bit smelly as well. That they could, if they're not great, they could go to Levis and then their teams are stacking the box. And... But that only helps, but that only helps um, Henry. If they go with a rookie QB, then they're just going to throw No, because gonna run then, it. The, then they're going to stack the box. And even though he's going to get 20 carries, he's going to go against eight man fronts. I feel like they did that with Ryan Tannehill, though, the past three years, and that he just did it anyway. I, that's that's a tough one. I feel like Devontae and, 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 and and Derrick Henry, no, those are literally two of like maybe a couple exceptions to what I was just saying. Where like I think if you have a good team, it just really helps you. Those I feel like those two, it's so unpredictable. I could I couldn't say. See, this really is why we're say. doing love hate and need to talk about. We're we're discerning that <laughs> these guys need to fall into. We can't really figure out. Yeah, we need to talk about. Let's keep no, going down it. the I list like- of the the plan, Freed. Let's go with who's the running back that you chose for. Uh, for love, for love, for love, hate, can't decide. Yeah, let's let's move love on from Derek and Devonte and just go back to the game. Yeah, well, so mine isn't playing week one. I guess that's why I don't know if that's like fair, but I think I think Kamara is a tough one this year. Okay, so he's a can't decide. He's a can't decide, but he could. I, I think he could win you your league easily. I think he could be a bust like last year, but I don't know. That's like really hard to predict. <laughs> and I feel like the 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 the, the Saints are going to rely on him once he's back. But again, can you afford to go three weeks? It also it matters if it's draft or auction, and that's you know what I mean. It's like if if you're if you're drafting him. I feel like you could maybe take that risk if it's auction. That's too much money to to really spend. So it's I feel like that's another another thing with him. I think you just pointed out one of the biggest question marks of the entire season because come week three when he's playing again or week four because he's out for three games and and he's playing again and you could slot Alvin Kamara into your lineup, Super Kamario into your lineup, it's getting like, like thirty and, touches because like they're not that good. <laughs> And they have the easiest schedule in the world, like I just and, talked yeah, about. Right. <laughs> and they have actually a co- more competent quarterback than Jameis and Dalton last year in Derek Carr. So, like, they, ha- they have a chance to need to run the ball a lot this season. I actually yeah. am pretty high on Kamara if he uh, reobtains his opportunity. And given the draft cost of where he's going around of, like, it's the Cam Akers, it's the Rashad Whites, it's the Khalil Herberts that you're drafting Kamara around. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Right. It's Alvin Kamara. Like, but again, but that's what I said. Like, in a schedule, and we are trying to win the league. We are not trying to come in third place or be top six. When we enter these contests, when you're playing a fantasy football league, like. 
I don't give a shit about coming in second or third or fourth or fifth. Right. Of course, you want to make the playoffs. Okay, yes, that's what risk mitigation is. But you have to pick some points where you're like, I understand there's inherent risk, but there's also major upside here. So if you get Kamara and this guy is an absolute touchdown machine again, and he's getting 18 plus 20 opportunities plus every game, and he's on a team that's surprisingly doing really well in a weak division with the Falcons, Panthers, that wins you the league, like Buccaneers, that like wins you close. the league. <laughs> You, all you need to do is your top guys need to stay healthy. Like, like you can have the Derrick Henry and have him actually be not in a great situation, but you have Kamara who's just – like, the combination is just daunting. So, right. I actually – I would move Kamara into the at-value love, but I completely understand him being a can't-figure-out because you also have the flip side of, like, I can't, you know, start him for the first three weeks – and I can't right. even put him in the IL slot. He's kind of just wasting a bench spot those first few weeks. The first few no, weeks are so be- important. So you have to establish yourself. But at the same time, if, if it works out, that's a goldmine. It's similar. I, like, like two years ago, I think I had Saquon when he was hurt. And we didn't know whether to trade him or what. But we were like 0-1, 0-2. It's like, should we trade him? No, 0-3. Should we trade him? No, 0-4. And, and if you wait too long, it's like, you know, then the whole season's gone. So that's, I guess, why the whole, like, can't decide factor. If you wait too long on Kamara, it's like, okay, three weeks. But if you're 0-3, you kind of really, you should already have traded him. You know what I mean? And just, like, right, got what you right. can. But if you're if you're, if you're you're 1-2, if you're, you know, if you're whatever, if you're 2-1, even obviously you can you can afford it. But I feel like it also is, like, a situational type of uh, type of pick. Let me give you my running back was also a can't figure out situation, Freed. And I don't want to go in depth. Let's make this one really quick. I'm going to give you the names and I just want you to rank them. Okay. We don't need to go in depth about any of it. I just want you to, I can't figure this out. So if I was just going to go to someone else's brain and say, I understand the pros and cons of all these players, what's your ranking of these guys? You ready? Yeah. Ramondre Stevenson, Joe Mixon. Aaron Jones, Najee Harris, and Travis Etienne. I can repeat right. it if you need. Yeah, Ramondre, yeah, yeah. Go, go one at a time. Why don't I? Can can you name them one at a time, and I'll give you my like. I'll I'll literally rank them on like my number versus each other exactly. 10, and and yes. then I'll, and then I'll explain afterward. <laughs> I don't even want the explanation. I want to keep this one quick because just the number. Okay, hour. so yeah, I'll give you my numbers and right. what I think they are in the top ten or fifteen or whatever. No, we're going to do it this way. I'm going to change it on you. I'm just going to go head-to-head, and I'm going to pick the winner and let the winner keep going to the next round. Ramondre or Joe Mixon? Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon or Aaron Jones? Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon or Najee Harris? Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon or Travis Etienne? Joe Mixon. Okay, so you have settled it for me. And who is the worst name that I just said? Based on your face, is it ETN? So you would take Najee and ETN. Yeah, ETN because I think he'll get hurt. He 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 had a good stretch of like three or four games. I don't know that much about ETN. Stevenson, I really like. He's probably second. And what when the the other one was um, Aaron Jones and Najee. Oh, Aaron Jones. I don't. I, I without without Aaron Rodgers, I, I I wouldn't be comfortable with him. Um, okay. I'm not. I'm not. Najee. I'm not on the Jordan Love hype yet. And then Najee, I am high. He'd be third. So I would. I would go. I would go. Um, okay. Mix in. Yeah, I, Ramondre, I would put Stevenson and then Najee. Najee two three. Yeah. Mix in one though. I I'm really high on the Bengals. I mean, I I love Burrow, but I'm just. I think the Bengals have the potential to be the best team in football, but but this year and it's like by by a lot. <laughs> okay, if if, if, I'm if, move... if Burrow's healthy. Okay, I love it. Yeah, the 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 opportunity that so like I would bang, just get in on Joe Bengals Mixon and the players. Bengals have. Yeah, like... yeah, exactly. It goes back to the original points. Comes full circle to just take the best team here. The Bengals out right. of that Packers, Steelers, Jaguars. I just think I think as the season Patriots, goes on, it's like Mixon they have the, the highest upside. Like... Exactly. I think Mixon okay. will get those late season, like 20, 30 point weeks. I do. I just think that's that's the guy that'll like win you the league. You know, it'll be close early on. The ETN will have his shot, you know, his his early week, you know, shiners, but I just think I think Mixon like is the consistent guy like all year. But, you know, again, that's 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 tough. <laughs> 
All right, awesome. I, I I think I ultimately agree with the exact order. Let's go to tight end. I'm going to give you mine first, and I'm going to come right off the bat, Freed, and tell you it's a love. It's Juwan Johnson of the Saints. We've been talking a lot of Saints on this podcast, and I might as well just keep that ball rolling. So catch me in the bayou eating some beignets, whatever they're <laughs> called, this season. Uh, I will be targeting Juwan Johnson as a late tight end or a second tight end in a if you if you happen to get like a late Evan Ingram or a Friar Muth or something like that Gerald Everett Dulcich I think Juwan Johnson's that perfect second guy you pair him with again the Saints Derek Carr's over touchdown is a, the biggest prop bet of mine going into this season it is the fa- my favorite line. Juwan Johnson is a red zone monster. They brought in the Saints, brought in Jimmy Graham. He's actually as as of like today or yesterday, no longer with the team. I think some I need to read into it. Some stuff, some crazy stuff apparently happened. But um, Jimmy's not going to be there, so Juwan Johnson is going to pretty much assume with some Taysom Hill, some Foster Moreau, but like Juwan Johnson, based on camp reports and based on the preseason game is going to assume a massive role in this offense. He is going to be the pass game tight end, and he is a red zone monster. So when you're looking for that tight end who could easily have a four for 50 with a tight end, I mean with a touchdown, I think we're looking at the end of the season, and Juwan Johnson has nine or ten touchdowns. He ends up being a top six overall tight end because he's had so many touchdowns this season, the same way that Robert Tunyon was a few years ago with Aaron Rodgers when he had like 10 touchdowns and he figured finishes the tight end five. I would be zero surprised if that happened to Juwan Johnson this year. And he is an absolute love of mine. I completely agree. I was just going to say, I feel like tight ends, another one. It's like the last few years, if you're able to find that guy that just gets you the points, but you know, but you're able to go for it on other players like that. That's, I feel like that's been the difference maker. Like when you find, I'm I'm blank off this my head. I will fill I'll I'll fill it in for you because to my credit and the reason why I should be trusted here is recognizing Juwan Johnson is I had Darren Waller in his breakout season. I had Mark Andrews in his breakout season. I had that guy Gary Barnage in his breakout season. I (laughs) have historically I was all over Gerald Everett last year. I have historically never spent up on tight end, but my team, aka Virgo, has always outperformed the cost spent on tight end with the value returned. And for right. the, for this season, that guy's name is Juwan Johnson. Go get him. Let's all celebrate. Uh, I agree. Who did you choose think, as tight end? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, you could respond. No, I, I agree. I think he's like, I'm trying to think of a good, like, like he's like the, like the, the, the Darlton Knox, Darlton Knox. Yeah, know, Dawson, what's yeah his Dawson, Darlton, Knox, Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox. Yeah, I feel like he's like similar. Like, yeah, like that's, He's, on, he's, he's the same as team. Njoku or Evan Ingram or any of right, those guys. Right. Yeah. Yep. No, that's that's a good pick. And that's like then you don't again, it goes back to auction versus uh, versus snake, but if you're in an auction, you know, you don't want to be the spending dollar. that much on a tight end. Like Kels Kels will this drain a, your this money. This is a one dollar like, tight really end, you could it. start week one. One dollar tight end, you could start week one, Freed. Right, right. I feel like those have been the most successful teams, the ones that have figured out that tight end. Yeah, and, and right. Johnson is, is yeah, he's like, like exactly in that category. All right, who did you choose at tight end? And I'll guess love, hate, or can't figure out. I picked Evan Ingram because I, I just think that's a tough one. I, 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 so you're going... I think, I think the Jags are tough in general. I don't know what to make of them. So for me, oh, yeah, Evan Ingram, I think, could be the, the number one tight end in football this year, to be honest. Oh, whoa. That's a zag that I was not expecting. Okay, oh, give it yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah. You're all yeah. over the Jags? You're, you're heavy in on Evan Ingram? Not not huge on the Jags necessarily. I think, I think Trevor Lawrence got really hot, yeah, with, with Ingram last year at the end of the year when they made that They have a really run. good rapport. They gave him his money. I think he's happy. I think. I think. I. I don't know. That. I think that could be. That could be like a, like an underdog kind of combo, um, like 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 tight end uh, quarterback combo. I don't know. That, that that's something on if my radar. Believe, I think Darren Waller believe, is obviously. Yeah, he's the buzzy, the, He's also one of the buzziest names. I want to just comment on Ingram. If you believe that yeah, this yeah, is yeah. the year that Trevor Lawrence could take off, if you've seen 
the way that Trevor Lawrence has shot up the MVP odds and he's like yeah. right under Justin Herbert as like a 16 to one candidate. I think I'm buying like, it. Yeah. <laughs> that's the way to play this in terms of fantasy. Yeah. It, it, Lawrence is going for a pretty penny. Just wait two more rounds, three more rounds and get someone in another one Z position, like where you only can right. play one player at that spot and secure an Evan Ingram. And if it works, if Lawrence is that guy, then by default, Evan Ingram that you just drafted as the 11th tight end off the board becomes a top right. five at their position. Right. Automatically. Right. No, that's yep. exactly it. And I, I think, I think Lawrence is in the, like, he won a playoff game. He's in like a good position to like, to, to show that he's a top 10 QB. And if, if you're like, a, you know, a former, you know, I, I mean, the Pro Bowl doesn't mean much, but a former, whatever, like top, top tight end with, with a, with a rising QB, I think there's potential there. Definitely. Okay. Let's go straight into the flex. Who'd you choose for your flex player? Uh, flex is tough. Flex, I would probably this year. I'd probably go receiver. Um, I would probably go someone like Olave. Oh, he I would be like, a very high end flex. Would he be a high end flex? Like, I'm oh not, yeah, he's I, being I, drafted in like the third round. Is he really? Yeah. Okay. Like right after like Garrett Wilson and. So I, like I, I guess I'm not him. fully up on. Uh, All right, I'll give you mine. Order. I'll give you mine. Let's go with Zay Flowers. He seems to be the hottest name in Ravens training Oh, is training he camp. like in the range? Okay. Yeah, I was that just mainly going for like a, a, a guy who you'd get towards the end of your draft who, who would, yeah, yeah, yeah. you'd play in the flex position because you'd be starting Olave at wide receiver if you got if you got him. Um, but He's higher than I thought. Yeah, no, I, I just, I miss, I, I'm thinking of, yeah, you're good. I guess he's not so, a rookie. He's, he's shooting up. <laughs> That so for Zay Flowers, he is a rookie. He resumes that rookie uh, wide receiver role that Zay Flowers, I mean, that uh, Olave and and Garrett Wilson made so famous last year that everyone wants to target a rookie wide receiver. He's in the Ravens offense, which we just gave a lot of flowers to. Hat tip to Zay Flowers, pun intended. Um, so, however, I'm putting him, him in my hate column, Freed, because his where he's being drafted versus – uh, my actual expectation of his role in the offense are totally skewed. So I've always big, uh, been a big Rashad Bateman fan. I've also always been, because I'm a Giants fan, a huge Odell guy. So with Odell and Bateman still being in this lineup and Mark Andrews, I noticed that Zay Flowers, and I talked about this on a recent podcast and it's worth reiterating, Zay Flowers' average draft position is as if he's going to be the first wide receiver off the board for the Ravens. However, if we look to DraftKings, exactly. If we look to DraftKings, you know who else doesn't agree with you? DraftKings, FanDuel, <laughs> Caesars, PointsBet, and everyone who's put up receiving props for the Ravens receivers. And Bateman has the highest yards prop. Odell has the second highest yards prop. And Zay Flowers comes in third with his over-under for the entire season being 500 yards. 500 yards out of a receiver is droppable. Leave them on the waiver wires and don't think twice about it. So the way Vegas is pricing this and taking in serious money is Zay Flowers is barely going to be involved in this offense. The way it's 27 yards a game, Freed. The way that I'm the uh, the way that I'm seeing it is you should if you like Zay Flowers Play is over in the gambling world, but if you pay attention to some of these props and ADPs and values, Rashad Bateman is the guy you want in the Ravens offense because he has the highest yards prop and he's being drafted as the third wide receiver in the Ravens wide receiver room going off the board. He should clearly still be the first. So take Bateman, throw him in your flex, throw out Zay Flowers, and don't take him Wait another round. Take Bateman. He's going to be straight up better on the same team, and you could start a week one in a flex. I love that. No, that's yeah. When you when you break it down like that, that's honestly that makes so much like more sense. That's the, the kind of gold nuggets you get when you listen forty eight minutes into the pod free. That's a fucking yeah. gold nugget. The one thing I'll the one thing I'll bring up because you maybe you kind of triggered it is is another flex on the Ravens J.K. Dobbins I feel like is in a similar great one great one position his name right has not like, come up. yeah go, yeah you like him but like very similar like could could be a huge like you know surge for you but also that could be a bust the Ravens I don't know where he fits with them that's a tough one. <laughs> 
I, I'm a big Dobbins fan. You know, you know, uh, you know me, but that's tough. I'm also I'm also pretty high on Dobbins this year, Freed. I think he could easily end up with like 14 touchdowns. I just right. think his he, opportunity, he, his goal line going opportunity in healthy. is going to be high. He's going in exactly. healthy if he stays healthy. And if they just gave Lamar, he could be, he all could that be a money, top five running back. I don't <laughs> think Lamar rate. is stealing. I don't think Lamar is stealing the goal line touchdowns that As Jalen Hurts or Justin Fields is. It's more he just got paid a two hundred and sixty million right, or whatever. Right. It's more let's give Dobbins that smash mouth work and let Lamar open op- operate more in open space. I don't think it's going to be goal line vulture TDs where Lamar's slamming himself into the defensive line. So I think Dobbins. And- is very safe to potentially have like 14 touchdowns this year. And for the record, I don't think Dobbins and like someone, I feel like one of the biggest misconceptions, like Dobbins and like Lamar can't be on the same fantasy team. I think I had them when I won the league like three years ago when, when, when Dobbins was going off. Like they can be. You can have a runner and a QB who's running. You're literally, you're, you're assured the, the, the points like on the drive, like by, by, by a rush. You know what I mean? The Whether only two it's your teams. QB or your. I don't know. I, I'm just thinking out loud. Here, There's only a few like teams that... you could do that with, Freed. And I think and I think that list includes like the right. Giants this, this year. Not that if many you have Danny Dimes yeah. and Saquon. If you have the the Bears with uh, Khalil Herbert and Justin right. Fields. What I, I think just it remember... comes down to is the draft capital that you don't want to take uh, Josh Allen and uh, – or, or you don't want to take – I don't. I guess there's not really a, a combo this year that fits what I'm saying. But I'm saying if you had to no, take I know you're, two I know of these guys in the first three rounds, it's not the smartest yeah. thing. But if you're pairing this towards the end and middle middle end of the draft, it's then different. sure, yeah, it's yeah. just upside. If you hit on the team, then great. Right. That was more just like a personal thing. Yeah, I feel like some people are like, no, you can't have a QB and a, and a top running back. You're not supposed I, you to. Can. You can't, but, but you I can. think you can in the right scenario, and it can yeah, actually you don't, be really beneficial. If you don't pay for it, if you if you get value out of it, it's, it's a right, big right. misconception to saying, "Oh, don't take a receiver and a and a no, running back a on the point. same team." It's like, yeah, I'm not going to take Debo if I also took McCaffrey, but right, no, no, that's I a really will good point. take. You know, like but there is a correlated of taking Dobbins and Lamar. You have to evaluate right. the situation. If Debo fell to you, like you take him, that shouldn't be a reason to just not plug him in because you have the other guy. No, that, that agreed. That, that, that's it's, a really good it's, point. It's at value. I'm not gonna take. I'm now not taking Debo at his ADP, but slightly below it. Sure, he's still fucking amazing at football. Right. You know, and no, and no, to no, that situation, there's like a little bit of like value that if CMC got hurt, like Debo's probably getting some carries and and taking over some rushing stuff too. So that may be not the best example of guys you could take, but you guys no, get that, the point. I mean, that's honestly. That's another what? tough, like, like we should discuss, like love hate, I don't know type of players, like Debo, <laughs> like that. That's another so let's one. let's get into that. Let's actually take with not doing Debo himself, Reed, but let's take some from the audience and get the ones that have been sent in and do a little love hate, can't figure out, and need to discuss of the players that were sent in, and the first one on that list would be. Uh, Danny Dimes, Freed, if you were going to just quickly, I don't want to go too in-depth with this, but if you were just going to quickly buy, sell, or I don't have too much of an opinion on Daniel Jones. Buy. I would 100% buy. He's one of the ones in the beginning I would have said I'm high on. I think I think he looked good against the Vikings in the playoffs, and I think he's just, like, ready. I don't know. I think he had this, like, his, like, coming out in the playoffs last year. I think Danny Dimes is going to be like legit this year. I really do. I think he'll be like a top. I don't want to say eight, ten, eight, but a, like a, like a top, you know, half quarterback, top fifteen. I'll comfortably right, I, say. I completely agree. I'm in on Dimes. I think the Giants' O line has gotten better. Let's move on to the next and keep these quick hitting. Jameer Gibbs oh, yeah, yeah. of the Lions buy sell. No, that was perfect amount of time. Buy sell or fade Jameer Gibbs or no opinion. Uh, buy. I'm buying a lot of Lions. I I like uh. The Lions coach, what's his name? Campbell. I think he's awesome. I think the Lions have bought in. I think Jared Goff is like rejuvenated and is going to be a really good QB. He's another one I think you could like take a risk on and and and, and positively. I don't know. I, I I like Goff. I like the Lions. Yeah, I'm in. Okay. The next one I will give you is um, 
Amon Ross St. Brown. Everyone wants to know, is he going to finally make that leap into a C.D. Lamb type of wide receiver, like a Diggs type of receiver? Or are you saying, ah, because we just talked about the Lions, so let's pair it up with Amon Ra while we have the, while we have the chance. Definitely not C.D. Lamb. I think if you draft him as your, 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 your wide receiver one, you'll be really disappointed. Even like you think you're getting a really good two. I think he's a three. I think he's like a high end three. Um, okay. like a flex you're drafting him to be mind. your one. So then I'm going to tell you that you're, you're fading Amon Ra because he's going middle second round right now. That's great. See, that's, I, I'm not, a, I'm not that high on him. I'm not as, okay. I like the, I like the lions. Not that high. I'm not, not high enough on him to do that. Mike Williams of the chargers, big Mike. You have Keenan back and healthy. You, they drafted Quinton Johnson, the, uh, Probably going to be the third wide receiver on the team. They still have Josh Palmer, Gerald Everett, Austin Eckler. How do we feel about Big Mike? Is he still going to be making big plays for the Chargers, or is there too many weapons there? I think that's honestly one of the top questions of the whole thing. I think ultimately it's a good pick. I think he'll be good. I think I think Herbert. I'm a fan overall. I, th- I think there's plenty of room for him and Keenan to 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 uh, to thrive. I, I think that's a good pick. I, I, I can't say no against that. I think I think I think Herbert is exceptional and I think he's gonna be throwing up like Peyton numbers like a few years ago, like like 40, 50 passes. I think Eckler might drop off. I did love Eckler last year. I think he might drop off, but I'll stop there. Yeah, I, I like Mike Williams. I am in agreement. Let's work off that Mike Williams example and rank these three top end wide receiver twos on their teams. They are T. Higgins, who stands next to opposite Jamar Chase. Devonta Smith, who is opposite A.J. Brown on the Eagles, not the Titans. And <laughs> J- and, and uh, Waddle, who is opposite Tyreek Hill, the first guy we oh, talked about tough. on today's pod. Out of those wide receiver twos that are all being drafted, T. Higgins, Waddle, and Devonta Smith, who do you feel most and least comfortable with? I think you know I'm going to say Higgins is one. I, feel I like think I knew that, that too. Coming. I think I knew that was coming. I love Burrow. I think Higgins is a true one, like buried behind Chase as a two. But like, I truly think he's a one. Okay, um, you've also you've also on this very podcast been pro Bengals, but you've also been an, a little anti Eagles, Jalen Hurts, and you've also been a little anti Dolphins and Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah, no, so that's really where fair. are we going between Waddle and Devonta Smith? Uh, Waddle two, Waddle strong two. I'm not an Eagles fan. I don't know. I. I think Hertz is going to really come back to life this year. I don't want to get into it. I know we're talking about the receivers, but I think Hertz, I, I look at the overall team. That's kind of how I, I think the, the Eagles are going to be fucking right average. I, I really think they're going to be average this year. And I think, uh, yeah, I think Waddle will be, Waddle will be with the guy. I think Tua, I think Tua will stay healthy enough for enough of the year that Waddle will be worthwhile too. I'll say that. So to, to, to bring this also full circle, Freed, the reason why the Eagles were so good last year was the whole strength of schedule thing. They had the schedule last year that the Saints schedule that we talked about earlier is that you just year. said. I think I heard that. So, I'm not. So, I, I've never so been in their, on them. Their schedule gets significantly harder this year. They lost their offensive coordinator. Their offensive line is a lot of veterans who are just another year older. We saw this happen with the Indianapolis Colts after the breakout Jonathan Taylor season two years ago where they brought back the entire same offensive line. They'd all just aged a year and they were all veterans and they were atrocious. So I don't think the Eagles offensive line is suddenly going to be atrocious, but I just don't think it could be relied on to the same degree it was last year. So that would be – Kind of the way I'm thinking about this. Is there any other last players that you want to talk about before we get out of here? I don't think offhand. I think it's a tough year. I think I think I think there's more. Um, I I don't know. I I think there's there, there's more like evenality in the in the league this year. I, I think it's a tougher. I think it's a tougher year. I I, I I think it's hard. It's a hard year to call, but that makes it more fun. I guess that's that's how I'll 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 end it. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think that wraps us up then, too. Appreciate the time today, Freed. We will certainly have you back on the pod as we break down some DFS slates. I will be doing podcasts every Tuesday where I break down the top-end options, the high spends on the DFS slate. I will be doing a podcast every Thursday where we go through the value options on the DFS slate. We're going to be learning 
who's a little bit banged up and which cheaper options we could take advantage of later in the week. And then on Saturday, we'll be doing a core four and saying these four players are definitely going to be in my lineup. So maybe Zach will be able to join us for a few of those episodes throughout the season, breaking down some DraftKings prices on some players and comparing it similar to the way we did today. Again, follow my Substack, follow me on Twitter, and if you want access to all of my bets in real time when I take them, join the Sports Ethos Wager Pass and Discord channel. Zach, thank you again for your time. I hope you had some fun today. And to everyone else listening, peace out. I did. Thanks, buddy.